This is the Brain Over Belly podcast, solving the puzzle of obesity with Dr. David Brown of Idaho BMI. Did you know there are microorganisms in your gut that are as essential to your survival as your heart, lungs, and brain? Today, Dr. Brown shares everything you need to know about the microbiome. Here's your host, Rick Dunn. A lesson for today, if you want to lose weight, you cannot ignore the microbiome. So, we're going to start with the obvious. First question, Dr. Brown, hello, by the way. Hey, Rick. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. What the heck is a microbiome? (laughs) Never heard of it? (laughs) I have not, no. Well, it's all the rage in the last 10 years or so. Uh, Microbiome. So... I had this crazy class in medical school. I don't know why I bring this up, but I was in a class called histology, which is when you're looking at all these things under microscope, tissues and cells. And I asked the professor, big burly guy, big beard, I said, how many cells in the human body? And he looked at me like, what in the world? Anyway, he uh, sort of blew me off. Turns out that, yeah, we got a lot of cells in our body, but we have just as many, if not more probably more microorganisms in our intestines than we do cells in our body. So the microbiome is that collection of bacteria, viruses, um, fungus uh, that exist in our intestinal tract. And some people say there are a hundred trillion. Wow. I don't know. Maybe They sound like they're bad things, we, yeah. but we want these things? I guess they could be. Yeah, they can be. But they're there, and um, they, we're colonized with them. They're part of us, really. And there is this relationship we have with these microbes in our intestinal tract, and it's incredibly important. We, you know, The name of this podcast is Brain Over Belly. There is this right. very powerful connection. Well, part of that connection has to do with these microorganisms. So that's what the microbiome is. So why is it important? Well, some people have heard of the term the second brain, you know, the the gut, gut brain <laughs> axis. Well, the gut the, is our second brain. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it's important because the brain and the intestinal tract are constantly communicating with each other and influencing and even controlling each other. And as far as that connection or that input from the belly or the gut into the brain, well, those microorganisms have a very significant influence and say in what is being messaged to the brain. So, for example, a lot of people are familiar with serotonin. Yeah. You know, you think of someone who struggles with depression, they don't have enough serotonin in their brain. Anyway, uh, we think of serotonin as being in the brain. Well, it turns out 90% of the serotonin in a person's body in, is in their intestines. It's in our second brain. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the, the, that collection of bacteria, which really is the biggest focus, the collection of the bacteria in the intestines have an incredibly large and important impact on the brain. Brain function, weight, metabolism, uh, all kinds of things. It affects a lot everything. of different things. Right. Everything, pretty much. Yeah, immune system. So is this why more and more people are talking about uh, maintaining a healthy gut? I've heard people say, I, I want a healthy gut. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what they're talking about, meaning we want that community of bacteria in our intestines to be a healthy community, meaning 
the right species or the right collection of bacteria. If it's off, causes problems. Yeah, well, that was my next question. What if your gut is not healthy? What kind of problems are we looking at there? Name it. So, mental health. It's becoming more and more clear. That oh, so this a, isn't just me uh, 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 gaining extra weight. We're no, talking about mental everything. health. Everything. Wow. Autism, dementia, wow. diabetes, obesity. Um, yeah, so it influences just about everything in the body. So, yeah, it's something we want to be aware of. And to the degree that we can, we want to promote a healthy microbiome. What is metabolically unhealthy what does that mean because well, most people are this is what i've been told most people are metabolically unhealthy yes what is that so if you just look at metabolic health um you know you're looking at well are they a healthy weight do they have insulin resistance do they have high blood pressure what's their cholesterol look like what's the pattern there all kinds of things that really, collectively, we sort of refer to as metabolism. Gotcha. You know, 43% of Americans are obese. If you just look at being overweight and obese, it's 73%. Wow. If you look at diabetes, pre-diabetes, it's, a re- it's like 66% of Americans, adult Americans, are either pre-diabetic or diabetic. So you look at these things that have to do with metabolism, well, what percentage of Americans just check out they're good and all those markets well it turns out it's only about 12 percent what 88 percent are unhealthy from a metabolic perspective is can you is it possible to lose weight without taking care of your microbiome is it no. like 100 percent? it's not uh, possible it's, you know you think about well i'm going to lose weight i'm going to count calories and you're just going to power through it well if that's your approach, you're going to feel like you're starving. Yeah. Um, I've been there. So <laughs> we all have probably. But it's, it's that type of battle. It's like if you have an unhealthy microbiome, man, that is an uphill battle. Yeah. And on the other side of that coin is if you, if you get that microbiome into a healthy place, it facilitates and it makes it a lot easier. For example, or to demonstrate that um, – a lot of cool studies. One study, actually several studies, looked at the microbiome, which is in the stool, of course, essentially in, in rodents, mm-hmm. mice, rats. Uh, two groups of rodents, one that is lean and a healthy weight, second group obese. Um, you can take the stool, and this sounds gross, I know, it's called a uh, fecal transplant you actually take stool yeah it does sound gross yeah i know (laughs) that's okay (laughs) so you take stool from a obese rodent and Uh you transplant it into the intestinal tract of the lean rodents those lean rodents will become obese it just takes over yeah wow or vice versa you take stool from lean rodents transplant that stool into obese rodents, they become lean. It's really important. So you're telling me that if you, can we do this with humans too? <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I, I yes. probably shouldn't ask that question, but yeah, I, that's the obvious question. There. That's yeah. where this goes, and that's why they do those studies. Uh, it looks like you can, um, but there are other diseases in which you can do this. 
for example, there's a, something called C. diff colitis, inflammation of the colon. Um, sometimes people are taking an antibiotic or for whatever reason they develop really this infection, this overgrowth in their colon of a certain species of bacteria and it can be toxic and it can kill people. Anyway, when someone has that disease and they've been treated and treated and it's not working very well, uh-huh. in that scenario, yeah, uh, you can do a fecal transplant. And that looks like that's quite effective in reversing that inflammation of the colon. Sounds like some kind of a movie we're I talking know. about. Science. Right. Crazy stuff. Right. But, of course, the question is with obesity and a lot of different things, can this technology – doesn't sound – technically very advanced but the idea is that yeah you can do this and have influence over a lot of things so like you mentioned earlier this is called brain over belly what is that connection again between your your gut and your brain what's the connection there right so i think the high if there's a connection between the brain and the belly or intestinal tract, the freeway in that connection is going to be the vagus nerve. In other words, I would say most or the the biggest influencer in both directions is going to be the vagus nerve. And so that's like electrical signals going in both directions. And so, for example, along the intestinal tract, you've got receptors, you know, little cells that detect stretch or chemicals, sugar, fats, and they signal to the brain the presence of those nutrients or chemicals in the intestinal tract. Um, But also neurotransmitters. So anyway, the bacteria in the gut, they influence these signals because they can take those nutrients, the sugars, the fats, whatever, and they can break them down and make other substances, and those substances will signal through the vagus nerve to the brain, certain messages. So there's that. So are those like false signals they're sending or they're just different? We're not exactly sure? Well, they're using the mechanism within the vagus nerve, um, the normal signaling mechanism. But say you just eat a bunch of sugar. Yeah. Um, First off, that affects the ability of the vagus nerve to function properly. In other okay. words, you eat the wrong stuff, eventually over time, uh, the vagus nerve loses some of its signaling capacity. It becomes sort of numbed. Um, but, you know, you think of something addictive like sugar, um, that's one of the ways the brain is being triggered and can become addicted uh, is through that signal from the intestinal tract to the brain through the vagus nerve. But There's also another avenue in hormones, hormones that are released. Um, You know, insulin. Most people know about insulin. That's a gastrointestinal hormone released by the pancreas when there are certain things inside of the intestine. Uh, But there are a lot of others, GLP-1 and peptide Y. There's all kinds of hormones that are released uh, by the intestinal tract depending on what's inside the intestines, including the bacteria. So a lot of this is over my head, but I think I am, I'm following you so far. It, what we take in, what we eat, okay, that goes to our, our second brain, our belly there, mm-hmm. right? right. And, and then that is going to affect our brain. And then that, what does that affect? Not just losing weight, but we talked about emotions or uh, right 
anxiety, depression, yeah. autism, these things have been shown to be connected or be influenced by that collection of bacteria in the intestinal tract. So you can think of the microbiome sort of as a messenger. You know, if I eat junky food, yep, it's going to be signaling things that I don't want to go to the brain or signals that are bad. Well, one of the messengers in that process is the bacteria in the gut and what they are doing to all those signaling mechanisms. I mean, a lot of us understand and, or recognize you eat crappy food or you eat, you eat those hyperpalatable foods. I'm raising both food. hands yeah. right now. <laughs> so the crazy thing is you eat that and you want more. Yeah. For me, yeah, if I eat something like that, I'm not hungry, but I want more. And it is, it is tough to fight that craving. Well, that is in part generated by the microbiome. Bad bacteria or just the wrong balance of bacteria in the gut. And they act like criminals. You're letting the criminals free. Yeah, they're running the house yeah. now. Huh? They're yeah. running your body. And they are going to make your life very difficult. It seems like a, uh, a lot of this, it's like a chain reaction. So you eat that kind of stuff. You can't stop eating it. You, you feel like garbage. You yep. can't sleep. Well, if you can't sleep, you because we've already talked about how important that is if you're trying to lose weight. So if you're not sleeping, that goes against you as well. It just seems like it all goes hand in hand. Totally agree. Everything is connected. So I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy. How do I take better care of my microbiome? Well, it's a little funny. Everything seems to funnel into the same answers. And that is we have to eat the right stuff. Yep. Got to eat at the right time uh, and in the right way. But we also need to sleep and drink the right liquids. Um, Same answers we've talked about. I guess it's not surprising. The same healthy habits that we teach in our clinic – are the things also that are going to promote this healthy microbiome. So, yeah, we got to stay away from processed foods, carbohydrate-rich, sugar-rich foods. That is feeding the wrong bacteria. Drink a lot of water. Yeah, water. Um, We want to stay away from soda, things Mm -hmm. like that. But also stress management, sleep. Very, very important for the microbiome. It's, It's... I think it's probably impossible to have a healthy, good microbiome if we're staying up at night or not getting enough sleep. Yeah. Um, I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I, I feel it. I get up at 4. <laughs> you do? Yeah. So I go to bed early, like <laughs> yeah. 8 o'clock. Yeah, I do too. Oh, I try to. I you know. know. None of us are perfect, are we? <laughs> no, we are not. Uh, and it, here's a, a, a an important point. Yeah. And that is the dynamic nature of the microbiome. You can be healthy, awesome, getting all these things right. You decide, you know what, I'm partying this week. Anyway, you're going to go have the junky food. That balance of bacteria will change in your intestinal tract within 24, 48 hours. That quick? Very quick. Wow. Um, so, you know, if I'm, you know, I got four daughters, and so it's a birthday party. No wonder I'll, you don't get much uh, sleep. True. <laughs> it's more true than you know. Uh, for whatever reason, okay, fine. I'll have a piece of whatever, pie or cake. Yeah. I know the next two or three days I'm going to be fighting cravings. And that's in part why that happens is because of the microbiome. Interesting. 
And the reverse is true also. In other words, if we really clean things up, it will turn, that microbiome will turn in the right direction pretty quickly also. The cravings go away. You start feeling better. You start sleeping better. Yeah. 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 So there's the biotics out there. Oh, yeah. What are they and what do we need to know about them? So you think of the one we're most familiar with, antibiotics. And as the name implies, these are medications, substances that kill bacteria. Well, we know now that too frequent usage of antibiotics really does damage to the microbiome. It's a big deal. Um, And there are some lines of evidence that would suggest that it's this type of thing that drives autoimmune disorders. Um, So that's one thing. I, I believe that antibiotics are overused in modern medicine. I think that's a pretty safe statement. Mm-hmm. But you also look at prebiotics or probiotics. Yeah, what are those? So most people are familiar with probiotics. Yogurt is a classic example. Um, in yogurt, those are cultured bacteria. And, you know, you can find yogurts that have those healthy species of bacteria. And by consuming those things... Um, we can help promote a healthy microbiome. But there's also stuff like prebiotics and green leafy vegetables. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. There's stuff called resistant starch, fermented foods, all actually very good for the healthy bacteria in our gut. So, so prebiotics, probiotics, mm-hmm. good. Yes. Too many antibiotics, yeah. not so good. Yes, absolutely. Um you really want to use antibiotics as rarely as possible. You know, uh, they're a miracle, miracle drug. You look at what they've done in the last hundred years, just amazing. Um, but they have a, a downside to them. And so a lot of kids, when they're young, you know, they have a ear infection and we throw antibiotics at them. Mm-hmm. That, that has big implications and it's a real problem. Is there any anything else, anything else I can do to take care of my microbiome? I think also there's preliminary evidence that would suggest that fasting has a positive influence on the microbiome. So again, everything sort of funnels into these healthy habits. Uh, eat the right food, do some fasting, drink a lot of water, get sleep, manage and if, stress. If, if you want to know about fasting, we just did a podcast on that last month, so right. <laughs> circle back. Right, exactly. And we'll tell you everything you need to know about that. Uh, final thoughts then, Dr. Brown. Go ahead. All of these things are just tools. They're, they're little tools uh, that we have, and as we work on them and practice them, uh, we can actually achieve a lot. So, again, we, we don't want to be judging ourselves too harshly. Just practice these things, work at them. It's just overwhelming how elegant the human body is. It's, it's far more complicated. Some people would say within your body is essentially the universe. In other words, it's that elegant and sophisticated and amazing, and I totally agree. And as we have more and more of these tools to live, live a healthy life, uh, we see and feel the results. Awesome stuff. Dr. Brown, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Rick.